happy Sabbath. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us stand in the house of the Lord as we sing Sabbath rest. Happy Sabbath, everybody. You may be seated in the presence of our mighty and awesome God. God is so good, and he is truly worthy of all the praise. Amen. We serve an awesome and an amazing God, and it is a blessing to be in the presence of his holiness. Can we just put our hands together one more time as we worship and magnify the name of the Lord on this here, his Sabbath day. Amen. We want to welcome each and every one of you. Thank you for those that are viewing online. We give God praise, honor, and glory for allowing us to be in this space one more time. We take nothing for granted, but in all things we give thanks. So we just want to welcome you once, welcome you twice. As they say, welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. At this time, we just wanted to share just a couple of announcements with you as we move forward. I just want to remind you of our up and coming GC session that will take place on in June, um, June the 6th through the 11th. I um, want you to mark your calendars for that. It will be right here in our hometown, home state, home amen, city, amen. home community. Amen. Right. So we just want everyone to be aware of that, that we will be having guests coming in. So we want you to mark your time for that. Also, we want to remind you of camp meeting. Just keep that in prayer. Amen. Um, as we continue to move forward by grace um, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I'm overwhelmed. 
Um, we got my wife here with me. Amen. We still doing good. Amen. My children are good. I have nothing to complain about. I have nothing that's no stressors. Amen. Um, I was able to sleep well last night. No pain. I've been in pain in my back, but I'm good. So I'm just thanking God this morning for his grace and his mercy. At this time, if you don't mind, if you could just bow your heads with me as we offer up a word of prayer. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we're so thankful. We're so privileged and honored to be able to come before you on this here beautiful Sabbath day. We give you praise, honor, and glory for what you've done, what you are doing, and what you are about to do in the lives of your people. Again, thank you so much as we celebrate. In Jesus' name we pray that the people of God say amen and amen again.
Amen. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? My Lord, my Lord, it is prayer time. Time for us to take our petitions and lay them before a mighty God. Lay them before a mighty king. The one that not just hear, but he answers. And he moves. We want to lift up those that are having health challenges here in our community, in our church. We want to remember those that have a desire to be here, but for whatever reason was unable to be here. At the end of the day, we know that we serve a God that is mighty. And it's a blessing to be able to call him by name. Although we're not worthy to call him by name. But we thank God for his grace and his mercy. So at this time, as far as possible, if you can bow your heads, humble your hearts as we approach God's throne. It's prayer time. Loving Lord, our Father and our Savior and King, ruler and master of everything, we give you praise. We give you honor and we give you glory. For without you, Father, we're hopelessly lost, but with you we are more than conquerors. And so we just want to take this moment as we celebrate what the world see as Easter weekend. We celebrate your life, your death, and your resurrection. We celebrate not just those three, but even your return. Thank you, Father for not giving up on us. Thank you for not leaving us by the wayside. Thank you for leaving your home in glory, coming down here to this dusty place and making yourself as one of us, feeling what we feel, experiencing what we're experiencing, the hurt, the loneliness, the despair, you know what it's like when folk talk about you. You know what it's like when they ridicule. There is nothing that we can experience that you have not already encountered. So we say thank you for putting yourself in a place of despair, of hurt. You didn't have to do it. But as they say, Father, we're so glad that you did. So as we approach you, we dare not come without asking your forgiveness of our sins. Asking that you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness and allow, Father, everything we say and everything that we do will bring honor and glory to your name. For all that we have, we have because of you. Not because of our great looks. Not because of any finances. Not because of some geographical location that our home is reside. Father, it's not because of the car we drive, the clothes that we wear, the friends that we circulate with. It's all because of you. Not our skills, not our talents, not our wisdom. Lord, we are here because of you. And so we say thank you. Thank you for allowing us to come to this place of worship. 
Thank you for those that have joined online for allowing them to take part of this, this wonderful service. So, Father, as we come now, Lord, knowing whom we are in the presence of, Lord, we don't come with small requests. We come with huge requests. Healing in our body. That's a huge request. Because none of us in here have the ability to bring healing in someone's body. Lord, somebody here needs your touch. Somebody here needs your deliverance. Somebody viewing online needs to know, God, that you have not forgotten about them. That's a huge request. We can't handle it, oh God. But we know the one that can. The King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords. So, Father, do what you do today, oh God. We also ask of another huge request. Somebody marriage is being tortured by the enemy. So Father, we ask that you will step in that situation. That you will make the crooked road straight. Let them know that what God has put together. That no man, no demon, no job, no habit, no nothing shall separate them. Because God, you make no mistakes. So do what you do today, oh God. Have your way. Father, we ask that you will touch our family members in this, in this sanctuary. Members that have a desire to be here. Members that are at home in their sickness, oh God. That would love to be here. But for their bodies just won't let them. So Father, stop by their homes. Stop by their places. If it's the bedroom, if it's the living room, if it's the kitchen, wherever it is. Let them know, God, that you see them and that you understand our hurt and our pain. Father, thank you for each family member that have made their way out here today. Their smiling faces. Their bright spirits, oh God, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. And lastly, God, we ask that you would just touch this service. Uh, be with the spoken word. Be with the musical selections be with the offering just be with us here today that when we leave here we will know that we have been in your presence we will know that we have been in the midst of an awesome and mighty God it's not I but it is Christ do what you do God throw your weight around shake us up do it now oh God and we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray that the people of God say amen and amen again. church Good morning. my name is Kennedy Meredith and I am a new member of the stewardship team and I am so excited to be Amen. able to give you the stewardship nugget this morning and I'm even more excited to talk about the best steward of all Jesus Christ all right. he gave his temple as a sacrifice for us and for our sins he gave his talents of teaching and loving on all the people he gave the treasures of heaven up just for us. And he gave time away from his heavenly father just for us. 
So I just want to remind everyone to be stewards like Jesus, to give openly and willingly. May the deacons please come forward. On the screen, for viewers at home, you can give on our cash app, dollar sign, top giving. May you please bow your heads and close your eyes if I give prayer for the offering. Please, God, bless this offering that we are about to give. Please let it be used for your will. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Victory! 
again. Jesus paid it all. give him glory we give him honor for he paid it all <laughs> so much we could do with that for we serve a God that knows no boundaries I don't know if if we realize what that means we say that he paid it all. I mean, that's, we don't we don't belong here. We don't we don't deserve what we just experienced just now. We don't we don't deserve this. But we are blessed. God has has shown favor over us over you who are viewing online God has shown favor over you nothing happens by accident or happenstance God is intentional by what he's doing there are times when things happen we don't understand it doesn't make sense I can't figure it out. I don't know what's going on. But God says it's not for you to figure it out. It's not for you to understand it. It's not for you to know anything. It's simply for you to trust me. Because if you could figure it out, if you understood, if you knew what was going on, you would interfere. And every time we interfere, you know what happens. Mess it up. So God is saying, stop. I've done all of it. I'm doing all of it. And I will do all of it. So just be faithful. Don't look at what you see. Don't look at what you see. Because sometimes, Sister Bev, what you see can be discouraging. 
sometimes what you see can drive you to a state of panic attack. Sometimes what you see, sisters and brothers, will lead you into a state of depression. Don't look at that thing. Please don't look at that. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Trust him when you can't trace him. Believe believe in him when believing is unbearable. Because God knows exactly what we need. This isn't just something I'm saying. This is something, Sister Teresa, I have to live. As I stand here. As a living testimony. Of the goodness of our God. So glad that you're here today. Thank you once again. Can we put our hands together for our awesome musician and praise team that led us to the throne of God? Hallelujah. God is so good. He is so awesome. He is so worthy. I was sitting there and um, I was, my daughter kind of got on me last night about me putting me out there, but I was sitting there with my wife and And she looked at me and I leaned over at her and she said, what? I said, oh, I'm just smiling. You couldn't see it, but I was smiling. She said, what you smiling? I don't know. I'm just smiling. (laughs) I'm just smiling. So somebody said, well, why are you smiling, Pastor? Why you feel so good? I'm alive. Come on, somebody. I can smell. I can see. It don't take much for me to get excited. I go out of town and come back home and my floor still intact. Come on, somebody. My key works in my door. They didn't change my lock, Sister Bev. Somebody know what I'm talking about in here this morning. But I'm so glad. I'm so excited to see you. I'm so glad to just be a part of the living. God is so amazing. I'm so thankful for the message today. I believe God is going to touch our hearts. He's going to lead us to the throne of God. So let's just go ahead and get right into it as we celebrate um, past uh, the Passion Week, as we call it. You know, there's so many names. I don't want to go through all the names, but we celebrate this weekend. Amen. Um, the Lord's life, death, and his resurrection. So if you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me um, to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew, and we want to start with um, chapter 26, and we'll read 14 and 16, and then we'll read 40. 7 through 50, and just follow me as I lead us through our reading time today. And you should see it on the screen as well. And when you find it, please stand with me in honor of the reading of the Word of God. Matthew chapter 12, I mean chapter 26, and we'll start with verse 14, and we'll read down to verse 17, and then jump over to 47 to 50. And the Bible declares, then one of the twelve called Judas Issachariah, went to the chief priest and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him, how many? Thirty pieces of silver. So from that time, he sought an opportunity to betray him, meaning Jesus. Let's read verse um, 17. Let's jump over, I'm sorry, to verse 47 through 50. And it reads, And while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude, 
with swords and clubs came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign saying, whomever I do what everybody kiss, he is the one sees him and immediately he went up to Jesus and said, greetings, rabbi. And he did what everybody? He kissed him. That's right. But Jesus said to him, friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and they took him. Let's jump over to verse 57 through 58. Let's go on. And those who had laid hold of Jesus led him away to uh, um, Cephas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance to the at a distance to the high priest's courtyard, and he went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Let's go ahead and jump over to chapter uh, twenty-seven. And we'll read 45 through 50, chapter 27 of the book of Matthew. And we'll read verses 45 to uh, 50. And it reads, Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, uh, uh, Eli, Eli, lama sabbathani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so some of those who stood near or stood there when they heard that said, this man is calling for Elijah. And immediately one of them ran and took a reed and offered to him a drink. Let's keep moving here. Uh, The rest said, let him alone. And let us see if Elijah will come to save him. Verse 50. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, and he yielded up his spirit. Today I want us to just look briefly at the arrest, the trials, and the death of Jesus. Let us pray. Father, again, we thank you once again for allowing us to be in your midst. Again, we take nothing for granted, but in all things, We give thanks. Touch us now, we pray in Jesus' name. I must now decrease, the spirit of God may increase into your hands. I commit my spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. The arrests, the trials, and the death of Jesus. The final weeks of Jesus in the earthly body um, is known as the Passion Week. Uh, 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 Jesus on Sunday, this final week of his ministry, of his life here on earth, uh, uh, Genesis, I mean, I'm sorry, Matthew uh, speaks of Jesus uh, um, going into the city of Jerusalem on Sunday where he entered in and we are called it the, the triumphal entry. 
Many of us are familiar with that story where Jesus rides into the town on the back of a colt and everyone is screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest. They're laying fig leaves and palm leaves all over the place. They just have their paparazzis off to the side. Uh, 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 Sister Kennedy, they were posting stuff on Instagram. They were just doing, they were just doing the most. Uh, they were so excited. They were so elated. But then on Monday, Jesus does something that just blows the minds of the disciples as he walked through the city. Jesus is now known uh, here to be cursing, uh, uh, not literally in language, but he cursed Amen. A fig tree. The fig tree was barren. The fig tree at that point should have had some fruit on it, should have had some leaves on it, but it was barren. So Jesus, he cursed the fig tree and it blew the mind of the disciples. But not only that, as Jesus moves through the rest of this week, we find him on Tuesday doing something that just blows the minds of everyone as he is now being questioned by those that are in authority, those that are Paul that are in leadership, those that knew all about the religious matter and know the law, they know the Torah, amen, they know all of these things, and here you have this young bug, this young whippersnapper that just shows up on the scene, and he's saying some things, doing some things, and then his authority is being questioned, not only that, but on that Tuesday, he does something else that just blows the minds of the folk, as Jesus now teaches in the temple, he's standing up now. He's saying some things. He's teaching some things and it's just blowing the minds of the folk because they just can't understand how this carpenter, this, this young whippers showing up and now he's speaking with authority. He has crowds. I mean, God, after all, my brothers and sisters, I've been in ministry now for quite some time and I've never had this kind of following. I mean, I've been slaying folk in the spirit. I've been speaking in all the different languages. I've been doing all of these things and I've never had the following quite like this young man. How in the world can Jesus just show up, this young man show up with this type of teaching? It must be the enemy. There must be some. So Jesus is in the temple and he's teaching on that Tuesday. But not only that, Jesus goes on a little further as he leaves Jerusalem and enters into Bethany. Now Jesus is anointed. You have to understand the spirit of God is moving in a very powerful and in a very mighty way as now the spirit of God is getting Jesus ready amen for what is about to come if I can just put a pin right there and help somebody out to to let you know that what you are experiencing right now is not a surprise to to the Lord but he simply just put a a uh, put 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 the Holy Spirit on you to give you what you need uh, to make it to the other side and so Jesus is now being anointed not only that but on that Wednesday we see here as we get closer to the end of the week um, as we get closer to that time uh, where Jesus is now being plotted against now Judas is in the corner Judas is in the secret place Judas is now plotting against Jesus and if I can just throw another pen right there to help somebody I'm going to need you not to get caught up in what your haters are doing I don't need you to get caught up in what's going on around you because folk gonna do what folk gonna do and the enemy is gonna do what the enemy's going
going to do. All you have to do is trust him and keep moving and keep believing and keep letting God be God in your life. Because after all, these things happen for a reason. Sometimes God allows stuff to show up just to build your faith. It could be to build your mama's faith. It could be help to build your daddy's faith. I know you and daddy don't get along. I know you and mama may not be speaking right now. But the truth of the matter is God is concerned about your mama and your daddy, your boss, your co-worker. I need you to know something today that the Bible declares that Jesus died for the sins of the world. That even includes those individuals that you may have a problem with. So if I can just digress and get back to where I need be and understand that there are some folk, there are times when some stuff will jump off, but you have to steady the course. Jesus steadied the course. How do I know? Because on Thursday, we find Jesus now preparing a meal. You have to understand and know that Jesus see the end from the beginning, that Jesus already knew what was unfolding, that he already knew what was taking place and, and what was transpiring. So Jesus was just moving by the way of the Holy Spirit. I just need three or four people that don't mind moving by the way of the Holy Spirit because as he prepared this last meal, as we celebrated the communion just the other week, we know that Jesus took bread. He broke that bread. He blessed that bread. He took the cup and said, this cup is a cup of the New Testament. This is my blood that was shed for you. Jesus began to say some things and do some things during this final week of his life as he began to prepare not only himself for what is about to come, but he's preparing the disciples as well. Now we move further on into Thursday as Jesus has now broke bread with his disciples and they are now in a very good place uh, about how we were when we left here just the other week after we celebrated. Everybody was in a very good place. Uh, But little did the disciples know, amen, when they stepped outside, uh, when they walked down the steps, uh, when they entered into the darkness, uh, they were uh, were awaiting uh, uh, with with Judas and a crowd of folk, uh, amen. Uh, There they were. Uh, Jesus is now uh, uh, in Gethsemane. Jesus is praying in Gethsemane. He's asking his disciples, I need you to pray for me. I need you to, I need you to pray for me. Watch with me and pray while I go over here and talk to my father. And as Jesus began to leave Gethsemane, he is now uh, 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 met with the crowd. Jesus on that Thursday, that Friday, Jesus is arrested. This is where I want us to pick our story up. Jesus is arrested right there. He's arrested uh, 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 and, 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 and he's placed on trial. Uh, Jesus, Judas arrived with this large crowd armed with swords and clubs and they went by the chief priests and the elders and they were to arrest this man called Jesus. How do they know who this man Jesus was? Well, the text reminds us, the text play lays it out and lets us know that that Judas would be the one that lay a kiss on Jesus. And this is how they were to know that Jesus was the one. So Judas went straight up to Jesus and said to Jesus, peace be with you, teacher. And the Bible says he kissed him. 
the Jewish leaders needed to arrest Jesus quickly and they needed to arrest him quietly to avoid a riot. Keep in mind that wherever Jesus normally would go uh, outside of this time, uh, there was always a large crowd. That's why they had to wait until Jesus was alone. And so they needed Judas assistance. They needed someone on the inside. They needed someone that was close to Jesus in order to bring Jesus down. That was a word for somebody right here that you have to be careful because sometimes it's the one closest to you would be the one that would turn you in. I know that's hard. I know it's hard. But the truth of the matter is Judas rolled with Jesus for some three and a half years. Judas was right there with Jesus, ate with Jesus, slept right there in the same vicinity of Jesus. Ministry, watch Jesus give sight to the blind. Watch Jesus as he raised those from the dead. Watch Jesus as he broke bread and fed over 5,000 on one occasion and 4,000 on another occasion. Judas was right there witnessing all of these things, but yet Jesus turned him in. Judas turned him in. So we have to understand and know uh, uh, that Judas had a plan, but you have to understand and know that this had all taken place, that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. You see, Jesus knows it, and Jesus knows it is all part of God's plan for him to die. That's why Jesus is able to move through all the obstacles and all of the different haters, because Jesus understood that this was simple a part of God's plan and if I can just ask you a question and ask you just one question how many of you know that what you are experiencing right now is simply a part of God's plan just before uh, 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 he was arrested Jesus wanted to pray and he asked his disciples to keep watch while he did so but however you must understand that, uh, that they let him down by falling asleep uh, uh, they were tired uh, they were overwhelmed so when Jesus is arrested the disciples let Jesus down again by trying to fight back instead of letting the will of God be done so Jesus was arrested. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to the house of the high priest, uh, Cephas, where the teachers of the law and the elders had gathered. There they were there waiting. Now we got you, Jesus. Now we got you, uh, you know, in a corner. Now I need you to try to wiggle your way out of this. I need you to ministry your way out of this. I need you to talk your way out of this because now they have Jesus in a place. But I love, I love it, I love it because as the, as, as the story goes, uh, uh, Peter followed from a distance as far as the courtyard of Cephas' house. Peter was right there witnessing and watching as all of this unfold. So Jesus is arrested. He's not only arrested, but now Jesus is placed on trial. Uh, uh, Jesus is on trial according to Matthew 26, uh, uh, verse 57 and 58. The Jewish leaders were looking for false evidence against Jesus to have him put to death. But they could not find any. They could not find anything. Uh, eventually, these individuals, they had to make up something. So Cephas demand of Jesus, tell us, tell me. 
tell us if you are the Messiah to see the Son of God. And Jesus answered him, so you say. So you say. But I tell you, uh, I tell you from this time on, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right side of the Almighty and coming in the clouds of glory. So it's not about what I say. What about what you say? Cephas declared that this was blasphemy because now, 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 Jesus, you're going into a place because, see, you're claiming yourself to be the son of God. Now you're talking blasphemy. So if I can just if I can just give you a little background real quick, uh, 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 there were a, a, a number of reasons why the Jewish leaders wanted Jesus to be put to death. Uh, you see, number one, uh, he challenged their authority, calling them hypocrites. OK, that was a problem right there. You challenging who I am. Another one, not, not, not only that, but he broke their laws about Sabbath observance. In other words, Jesus healed people on the Sabbath, but the Jewish leader defied find this as work was and this was forbidden so Jesus came along and started doing things that just wrecked their minds it just put things really in perspective because they were so far out of whack but wrong seemed right and right seemed wrong and Jesus came along and fixed it he fixed it with people and Jewish leaders regarding what was unclean and what was clean and these folk had a problem with Jesus not only that, but he made claims about himself that the Jewish leaders could not accept. In other words, that he was God's son and the promised savior. That just set them in a place where now, Jesus, you must die. You have to go. You're upsetting that which we have set in place for over years now. Now you show up with all of this heresy, with all of this hypocrisy. You are the one that's creating a disturbance. You're the one that is setting all of this, setting folk at odds. It's not our teaching. It's your teaching, Jesus. So we got to get rid of you. So Jesus, you're a problem. Jesus was accused of blasphemy by the Jewish leaders. See, blasphemy is a religious offense when a person says or does something regarding as being uh, 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 disrespectful to God. That's what they're saying. You, you know, you're disrespecting God right about now. You're not taking our God seriously. And anyone that disrespects our God must die. And so in the eyes of the Jewish leaders, when Jesus claimed to be God's son, he was insulting God. Blasphemy was taken very seriously and the punishment was death by stoning. You got to go, Jesus. After Jesus was arrested, he was put on trial by the Sanhedrin. Uh, this is the highest ruling council of the Jews. There were 70 members mostly made up of Sadducees. You know, they were sad, you see. Uh, and the Pharisees and the priests plus uh, uh, the leaders who was a high priest. And when Jesus was on trial, the high priest was Cephas. The Sanhedrin was still allowed to exist under the Roman rule. Let's keep in mind, but their power was limited. You can only do so much. 
They couldn't do what they want and how they want. They were limited. They could find a person guilty and give a death sentence, but they could not carry it out. I know you're glad there are some folk that you, you probably know some folk, boy, if you can just take them out. And I always say, I always start there first. I always start with, you know, there are some folk, boy, if you can just get rid of them. And I have to bring it on the flip side, turn that coin over, Elder, and say there are some folk that probably think the same thing about you. You see, the Sanhedrins, the Sanhedrin had in place uh, several rules regarding the conduct of their own trials. In other words, a trial could not take place at night or during the time of an important festival. And we see that there were two things taking place that they were going against their own teaching. They arrested him at night. And this was a high weekend. Even their own laws, their own rules, they were breaking the death penalty could not be passed immediately if a person was found guilty. The, 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 the Sanhedrin had to wait overnight to pass a sentence. They were moving this thing quickly. They said, we got to get it done. Two or three witnesses were needed and they had to agree on every detail. Anyone giving false evidence would receive the same punishment as the person on trial. Understanding the context, Jesus, Jesus was arrested late on on that Thursday night after the Passover meal. He appeared before the Sanhedrin immediately. And as the Jewish leaders wanted him, tried as quickly as possible. And in their haste, the Hansedrin does not appear to be concerned about a fair trial. They just needed Jesus out the way. I don't care how we do it. Let's just get it done. Let's get it done as quickly as possible because he's messing with our agenda. He's messing with what we are proposing. He's keeping us from being great. He's getting in the way of our plans. So we got to get rid of Jesus. And so Jesus remained silent. And again, this, this fulfills the Old Testament prophecy about the Messiah. Finally, the high priest said to Jesus, tell us if you are the Messiah the son of God Jesus replied again so you say so you say this was enough for the high priest to excuse Jesus of blasphemy, to, to, to accuse Jesus of blasphemy. Uh, the high priest tore his own clothes and showed uh, uh, the, the horror at, 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 at hearing this blasphemy. I, I can't take it anymore. You are blaspheming against my God. It's amazing how we allow things to get us to a place, especially when it's going against our own agenda. No matter how right it is, no matter how clear it is, no matter how plain it is, because it's going against our agenda, because it's going against what we like or what we think or, or how we believe, therefore it has to be wrong. Therefore it has to be heresy. Because I just can't understand. It's just not making sense right now. Why you will open the doors of the church in the midst of a pandemic. It's just not making sense right now. Jesus finds himself here in a trial late at night, early in the morning. Uh, uh, come right out of a week of prayer. 
Now, now, now that the Jewish leaders have found Jesus guilty of a crime of, uh, 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 of deserving the death sentence, they now must take him to the Roman government. You see, you see, they got to take him to Pontius Pilate. And with, and, when, and with Palestine and an and, and occupied country, only the Romans can put a person to death. This explains why Jesus must have two trials. The Sanhedrin has found Jesus guilty of the religious offense of blasphemy. This would be of so interest of, to the Romans. You have to understand that the Jewish leaders must change the charge against Jesus from claiming to be the son of God to saying that he is the king of the Jews. Now he's claiming he's a king. And there is only one king. Uh, uh, there is one king that I know of. And Jesus is claiming to be king. Now, this is a problem because now in doing so, they are emphasizing the political rather than the religious implicating of claiming to be the Messiah. The Romans would act for a political offense rather than a spiritual offense. So you have to understand what was going on, that these individuals were setting Jesus up. They were putting some things in place, amen, uh, uh, to, to, uh, to, to set Jesus up. So throughout this trial, Jesus' innocence is stressed. In other words, notice that the pilot's wife had had a dream telling her that Jesus is innocent. All through the trial, there were signs letting everybody know that this is an innocent man. Not only that, but even Pilate tried to avoid sentencing Jesus. It was a Passover custom for a prisoner chosen by the people to release and Pilate attempted to use this custom to give Jesus his freedom. But what did the people do? The people chose Barabbas. All of these signs that were put in place, all of these things that were put in place that shows that Jesus was innocent. Not only that, but Pilate attempts to ask the crowd, what crime did he commit? But all they could say was crucify him. But what crime did he commit? Crucify him. But what charge, why, why? crucify him? Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And it became such a chant, crucify him, crucify him. Where the story goes on, the Bible says that Pilate finally publicly washes his hands to show that Jesus' death is not his responsibility. And in protecting his position as governor, Pilate has a guilty man released and has Jesus flogged then handed over to be crucified but not only that we see here his death we see his arrest we see his trial now we see his death you see Jesus last days were recorded by eyewitnesses Matthew and Luke 
You saw Pilate's, Pilate's soldiers took Jesus into the governor's palace. They stripped off his clothes and they put a scarlet robe on him. Then they made a crown out of thorns, uh, uh, branches, and placed it on his head. And I just want to help somebody out today that they didn't just place the thorns on his head. They literally put them on his head and they pressed them down. They pressed the thorn down on his head where the spikes began to go inside of his skin. They began to pierce the side of his head. They began to pierce the back side of his head. The thorns began to protrude the skin and as the blood became trickling down, you would have thought that somebody in a crowd would have said that's enough. That's too brutal. But instead they continue with the chant crucify him, crucify him those that he has healed crucify him, those that he has given sight to, those individuals whose family members that he has saved and watched them fading of the 5,000 crucify him, crucify him crucify him the same Jesus that gave you health the same Jesus that provided food on your table. The same Jesus that woke you up this morning is the same Jesus that throughout the day sometimes we forget and we do things on our own. We forget and we say stuff that we shouldn't say. We forget and we act the way that we should not act. Jesus crucify him all over again. So if I can understand the text, if I can understand the text a little bit, you see a crucifixion was not only a very slow and painful death, but it was intended to be humiliating as well. In other words, the soldiers, they were mocking this prisoner before crucifying is all part of the punishment as they led him through the street. Just just displaying uh, his manhood, watching him as he was being spat upon and 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 as he was being slapped uh, 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 from uh, uh, from different individuals of uh, uh, Jesus, Jesus, his crime when presented to Pilate, was claiming to be the king of the Jews. So the mocking by the Roman soldiers related to this crime. In other words, uh, they, they, uh, uh, they dressed Jesus in a scarlet robe. That's supposed to be royalty. They placed a crown of thorns on his head. This is your crown, you king of Jews. They put a staff in his hands and, 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 they, and, they, and they stuck him uh, with it. Here you go, king. Take this. They jeered at Jesus saying, hail king of the Jews. And a man from Cyrene named Simon was forced to carry Jesus' cross. And so they crucified him and then divided his clothes among them by throwing dice. And above his head, they put a sign that said, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. You have to understand that this was an insult. This was humiliation. They had crucified two bandits with Jesus, one on the left and one on the right. 
And people passing by hurled insults, said Jesus. This chief priest and the teachers of the law and the elders made fun of him with such disrespect. These are leaders of the church. These are teachers of the law of God. These are individuals that are in high position, but yet they walk by the son of the living God and they hurl insults at him. They claim him to be just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody, but you can't save yourself. If you can, Jesus, come down off this cross. So they disrespected our Savior. They talked about him. They ran his name amok. Crucified. Crucifixion was a dreadful punishment. It was never used on Roman citizens. Only on the people they conquered. So you have to understand this was a low blow. This was a low blow. The methods of crucifixion varied, uh, but the principle was always the same. The prisoner was attached to a wooden cross by means of nails through the hands and through the feet or the wrists or through the ankles. Uh, Sometimes ropes were used as well as nails to secure their victim. But nevertheless, the same method. They nailed you to the cross and it was never used for Roman citizens, only those that they conquered. So if we understand the text, it was used to force the prisoner to carry the cross beam to the site of the crucifixion. How demeaning and humiliation. Carry your own cross. Dig your own grave. This was probably because he was already so weak. He was already so weak uh, uh, for torturing and, and, and from the whippings that the soldiers forced this young man named Simon to come and carry this cross to Golgotha. In other words, the place of the skull. And then... The drink of the wine and the gall, bitter place uh, 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 that Jesus was after was a type of painkiller, but he refused. It was a custom for the prisoner's crime to be witnessed on a sign and attacked to the cross. So Jesus' sign said, this is Jesus, king of the Jews. That's why that sign was up there. It had to be known. Why this man is hanging here? Jesus' crucifixion was fulfilled in Old Testament prophecies as the soldiers cast lots. As they cast lots for Jesus' clothes, Matthew's reader would remember the words of Psalms 22, verse 18. They divided my garments among themselves and cast lots for my clothing. And I can just imagine it even as the religious leaders, as the religious leaders witnessed all of this take place. You would have thought that something would have jeered in their minds. You would have thought that something would have triggered that maybe, just maybe, this is the Son of God. I mean, after all, we've been looking for him. We've been talking about him. Could it be that this is the one that we've been praying for? Could it be that this is the one that we've been waiting for? Could it be that he is Jesus, the Son of the living God? But as Jesus was dying on that cross, He was mocked by people passing by. 
the Jewish leaders and the two robbers also being crucified. They laughed at his weakness and reminded him about his claims to have the power of God. You claim to have authority. You give sight to the blind, but you give life to the death. Can you save yourself, Jesus? Can you deliver yourself, Jesus? We've watched you deliver others. We've watched you do all of these things, but can you, Jesus, save yourself? Can you save yourself? Oh, yes. Sometimes, sometimes some people, they misheard Jesus, and though he was calling for the prophet Elijah, Jesus, as he was dying, Jesus cried out in his broken, in his spoken language of of Aramaic. He cried out, Eli, Eli lama sabbathani. Eli, Eli lama sabbathani. In other words, Jesus was was, was crying out, my my God, my, my God, why, why have you forsaken me? You see, Jesus was quoting from Psalms 22, and it sounded as if he had, uh, in, in his despair and feeling totally abandoned, even by God. He thought, my God, why? Why have you left me here uh, to deal with this by myself? We have to understand that the psalm ends in triumph. Oh, yes, it does, acknowledging God as king. And when Jesus cried out for a final time, he knew that he had done God's will and that his life was ending in triumph. So, oh, no, this wasn't a cry of defeat. This wasn't a cry of despair. But now Jesus is realizing he has recognized I've come to the final destination. I have reached the pinnacle of my calling. My God, my God, I'm simply quoting the scriptures. I'm not really understanding it right now, my brothers and sisters. But Jesus right here, right there, he was simply letting the world know that I'm not in despair. I'm just simply relying on the word of God because it's the Psalms that gives me strength. My God, my God, I see now the finish line right before me. My God, my God, I see the angels lined up at the finish line as I'm about to cross this finish line. I can hear the chants of the angels simply saying, go Jesus, go Jesus, go, go Jesus. I'm at the finish line. I can see the line right there. And as Jesus was crying, out my god my god why have you forsaken me it was simply a call to it is finished it is finished jesus then the bible says he breathed his last he gave up the ghost but i would be remiss my brothers and sisters if i end the story right there i just have to let somebody know as we as we prepare to get out of here this morning, I know I kept you a little long. I know, I know I'm sorry, Helder, uh, but, but, but I, I, can't, I can't leave you with Jesus in the grave. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, I can't, I can't leave you. 
I can't leave you right there. I, I wouldn't be doing my job if I just left Jesus in the grave. Uh, I need to help somebody out uh, right here, right now, that very early. Oh, I wish I had my help right there. The Bible says uh, that very early uh, on Sunday morning, uh, the women went to the tomb uh, carrying spices. Uh, uh, they had prepared. They found stone. They found that the stone had been rolled away uh, very early on that morning. The Bible says that after the Jewish Sabbath began at sunset on Friday and early on that Sunday morning when the, when the, when the, when the women went to the tomb, uh, they found that the tomb uh, had been rolled away, that the stone had been rolled away. Jesus uh, is no longer there. The Bible says uh, that Jesus rose up uh, early on Sunday morning with all power in his hand. Uh, no more death to worry about. No more graves to worry about. That's why we come uh, celebrating not just the arrest, uh, not just the trial, uh, not just the death, uh, but I celebrate the resurrection uh, because without the resurrection, uh, there will be no power. Oh, if Jesus had uh, just died, uh, oh, it would have been an endless death. Uh, it would have been a death with no meaning. Uh, but because he rose up, uh, I shall rise up. Uh, because he got up, uh, I'll get up. Uh, one thing that the devil hates the most uh, is not the fact that you sitting in these seats. Uh, oh, he have a problem with you sitting right here. It's not the fact that mama saved. Uh, oh no, he mad at mama too. Uh, but I need you to know uh, the one thing that the devil hates the most uh, is not the fact that Jesus died. Uh, it's not the fact that Jesus came. Uh, the one thing that the devil hates the most uh, is the resurrection. Because with the resurrection uh, comes power. With the resurrection uh, come authority. With the resurrection uh, comes the keys. Uh, I could dangle the keys now to death, hell, and the grave. Uh, no more do I fall victim uh, to my old circumstances. No more do I have to worry about any of those old issues. Why? Because what Jesus has done on the cross uh, in his resurrection. His resurrection. So let me close with this right here. As the 11 disciples went to tell, went, went, went to the hills in Galilee where Jesus had told them to go, Jesus simply told them, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Go then to all the people everywhere and make them my disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost and teach them uh, to obey everything um, I have commanded you. And if I could just bag up just a moment because I need us to understand that Jesus said, I need you to baptize them. I need you to go baptize them in the name of the Father. Go to all the people everywhere and make them my disciples baptize them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost and teach them all these things sometimes we want to teach them everything about adventism before we put them in the water but i need you to understand that we're going to all learn we're going to all be learning every day of our lives down here but i also understand that there are some that we have to hold off because there are some things that we still have to work through but I need us to know without a shadow of a doubt that we're not going to know everything. We're not going to understand everything. Jesus says, go. Make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. 
and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And I will be with you always, even to the ends of the ages. So Jesus calls his first disciples to, in, the Galilee, in, in, in the Galilee district to, to, to go baptize them. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Go to them. Go to them and teach and tell all the people everywhere. This means that all people everywhere must hear the gospel message. Baptize them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. From the very beginning, Christians were baptized as a sign of forgiveness of sin and entry into the church. And teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. The disciples need to pass on Jesus' teaching. You and I need to pass on Jesus' teaching and instruct our believers, these new believers, these new converts, these new Christians on how a new believer should live. That's our job. That's our responsibility. And if we're not living right, how do we expect anybody else that we are telling about this good news to live. There may be somebody here. There may be somebody here. Hallelujah. You understand and know that all power is in his hands and that there are some things that you have to deal with. We all have struggles. We all have struggles. We all have problems. We all have issues. We all have bills and all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, what are you going to do when Jesus cracks the sky? What are you going to do when Jesus calls you? Would you be ready? Would you be ready? I extend this invitation for baptism. If you are one that desire to be baptized, I extend an invitation for you to come. Is there one? If you're looking for a home church, I extend an invitation to come. If you're seeking prayer, if you're seeking a pastoral visit, I pray that you reach out as we too can make that happen. For it is our desire to be a people prepared to receive Christ when he comes. That's our desire. Shall we stand? Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we're so thankful. We're so privileged and we're so honored to be able to come before you on this platform. You are truly an amazing God. Without you, we're hopelessly lost. But with you, we're more than conquerors. We thank you, God, for your life, your death, and your resurrection. The arrest, the trial your death, your resurrection. We bless you. We honor you. I ask you to cover each and every one of us here today. 
those that are viewing online. We pray your spirit upon them as well. Cover us and keep us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. for that beautiful message the rest, the trial and the resurrection, amen praise the Lord, thank you pastor for just reminding us of God's amazing grace Beverly has one announcement I want to remind everyone that um, there's a sanctuary presentation that's being held at BT Rice Church, I don't know the address but if you want to see me after uh, we have a spot uh, for 3 o'clock we have 9 spaces I think 3 have been taken so we have 6 it is a wonderful um, sanctuary presentation letting you know all about the sanctuary. So it's, it's there at P.T. Rice's church. Amen. Now let us stand for our benediction. Father God, truly we have been blessed today. We felt your, your presence in this place, Lord, reminding us, Lord, by your stripes, Lord, we are healed. We're so thankful, Lord. Let us, let us be mindful, Lord as we walk through this life, Lord, that we don't want to crucify you anew, Lord, but let's go out and tell the good news about your salvation. This is our prayer. Bless us as we leave this place, but never from your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. As you go, tell the world. As you go, tell the world.